Let me read something here to you. It's just out of the teachings that our Jewish brothers and sisters are teaching today, right now. It says, our sages are our teachers from the past say, in the month of Nisan, which is right now, which is today, our forefathers were redeemed from Egypt, and in Nisan, we will be redeemed. In the month of Nisan, we will be redeemed. The name of the month, Nisan, comes from the word Nisam, which means miracles, and the two letters Nun, at the beginning and the end of Nisan, that mean the miracle of miracles. So what we're claiming is right now on the day in which we celebrate Passover is also the day we celebrate, we celebrate our Passover lamb who is Jesus Christ our Lord. It is the miracle of miracles. So I want you to claim today in what area of your life do you need the power of his resurrection released for a miracle of miracles? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm going to claim about nine of them. But do you need the resurrection in your marriage, resurrection in your family, resurrection in your finances, resurrection in, 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 in your body? What area do you need a miracle? This is an appointed time by God that we can claim, as Paul said, that I may know the power of his resurrection. I thank God that I know Jesus. But I thank God that I can know Jesus and, somebody shout and. No, shout real loud, and. And the power of his resurrection. Now listen to this. In the Bible, these are Jewish teachers, the month of Nisan, the month of miracles, is referred to as the month of spring. From the verse, guard the month of spring and make Passover for your God and with your God. Our teachers learn that the mitzvah or the commandment to make a leap year whenever necessary to ensure that the holiday of Passover, Pesha, will always fall in the same season of the spring. Guard the month of spring and make it your Passover. Learn, we learn this mitzvah, this commandment to make a leap year whenever necessary to ensure that the holiday of Passover will always fall in the season of the spring. For the word leap year, Iber, means pregnant, a state of being in which a new reality is being born. Now, I want you to claim that for yourself. Jesus is our Passover lamb and a new reality. I know the enemy's told you you're, you're, you're not going to make it in your marriage, your finances. I know the doctor may have given somebody an evil report, but I want you to know something. They thought Jesus was dead once and for all, but he wasn't dead. He, his body may have been dead, but his spirit went to the gates of hell and took the keys of life and death, and he rose again, and he came to set every captive free. Can I have an amen on that? Listen to this. Listen to this. Spring is the time of rebirth of nature, a renewal growth to actually realize the potential that lies within you. This is the the very first mitzvah or commandment that the children of Israel were commanded before leaving Egypt. This month is for you the head of months 
it is for you the first month of the year. Now, let me stop and explain that. On God's calendar, on, on our solar calendar, January is the first month of the year. But on God's calendar, right now, we are at the beginning of the month. Now, last month was the month of Adar. That's the last month where God comes in like the book of Esther and turns your story upside down. It looked like you're going to lose. It looks like you're going under, but you're not going under. You're going over. You're not going to be the tail. You're going to be the head. You're not going to be the lender. You're going to be the the borrower. You're going to be the lender. Okay, so that has been turned upside down. But now is the month that you experience that for the whole rest of the year. Somebody shout amen. Now, I know I give you a lot to think about, but I want you to understand the truth so the truth can set you free. When Israel did Passover, the very first Passover, celebrating the freedom of God, they did it while they were still in Egypt. Now think about this. Why did they celebrate Passover while they're still, in the eyes of Pharaoh, in slavery? Because they knew if God said it, he's going to do it. And so before they ever experienced it, They entered into that by praise and thanksgiving. So you may not have yet until today experienced your Passover. You may not have yet until today experienced the power of his resurrection in whatever area of your life you need. But you need to give him praise right now and thank him because it's already been done. We're going across the Red Sea. The root word for the word month is the word hodesh, and it is identical to the root word for new, hadesh. Thus, this month, the month of Nisan, the month of miracles, is the beginning of a renewal that will appear and manifest itself in your life for the whole rest of the year. In the month cited, in, in the above cited verse, the root word new appears three times as a triple renewal in your life. A triple renewal. And that leads us to Ecclesiastes 4, where it says a triple winded thread is not easily broken. Now, what is God saying? When you understand the truth, that truth is going to set you free It's going to turn your story upside down. It's going to bring you out of the land of bondage in every area. It's going to take you into the promised land. But when you understand the triple thing that God is doing, that will not be broken. The devil devil has attacked and won on his children too long. You need to realize today God is going to join you together with the power of the blood of Jesus, and you're not going under ever again. This is the time to have the Passover power of God released in our lives. Give him praise and give him glory. Do you have the book of Psalms 103? Now, I, you know, I was listening to a preacher. I was listening to a preacher coming in this morning. And his whole message was on burning in hell and being damned forever. And I have to ask people, why would you even go to a church like that? I don't care about the denomination. 
I don't care about any of that. I, and matter of fact, how many understand there are no there are no, no, no Baptists in heaven, no Presbyterian in heaven, no Lutheran in heaven, no new beginnings in heaven. They're just children of God in heaven. Amen? But man, Sunday's a day for the good news. And when I read the Word of God, I love, I love the good news. God said, I've got good news to the poor. You know what good news to the poor is? You don't have to be poor no more. You know what good news to the sick is? You don't have to be sick anymore. You know what good news is the sad is? You don't have to be sad anymore. So let's read this, Psalms 103. This is a great verse when we're talking about the, 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 the power of Passover. Blessed be the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Somebody say benefits. benefits. See, benefits is a lot better than judgments. Forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from all destruction. It's good news, isn't it? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, that was Passover, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. I don't know about you, but that sounds to me like good news. It covers every area of your life. Now, the thing that we're talking about today in Passover covers, it, it, if you read that, it covers healing, it covers your life, it covers your mind, it covers your body, it covers your finances. But one of the things that we've been studying in the last few weeks is out of Malachi chapter 3. And in Malachi chapter 3, God says, return to me, and when you do, I'll return to you. Now, he's already made a statement. He said, because I've made a covenant with you and I love you, you're not going to be destroyed. So we're not returning to God because he's going to destroy us, but we're returning to God so that not only can we be saved in eternity, but we can have all of his benefits down here on earth today. Somebody say today. All of his benefits today. And so he says, return to me and I'll return unto you. The question that they ask then is, Lord, how do we return? And he says, and we've been studying this the last couple months, in tithes and in offerings. Now we know about the tithe. We've just received the tithe. But the offering, in case you're new or you're watching by television, the offering is something that we haven't been taught for almost 2,000 years since Jesus was in Jerusalem. The word offering here is, comes out of Deuteronomy, where God says three times a year, he says to all the children of Israel, three times a year, you're to come before me, and when you come, do not come empty-handed. Now, the very first of those three first fruit offerings is during Passover. In Passover, the children of Israel were instructed 
that they were to bring before the God a barley offering. Now, why barley? Well, because we learn in Genesis chapter 1 that every seed produces after its own kind. If you plant barley, what are you going to grow? If you plant wheat, what are you going to grow? If you plant love, what are you going to grow? If you plant unforgiveness, what are you going to grow? Unforgiveness. Every seed produces after its own kind, both physically and spiritually. So during the time of Passover, God instructed his children to come before the Lord and bring an offering of barley. Now, Jesus would have done this, if, as we read on Thursday and Friday during the Seder, is that Jesus said to his disciples, go and prepare Passover for me, the Last Supper, the, 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 the thing that we call communion. This would have been Passover, but before Jesus would have done Passover or the next day, Jesus would have gone into the temple and he would have brought an offering and that offering was to be an offering of barley. Why barley? Barley represents the grace of God. And so once a year, we are to bring a first fruits offering and that offering will reproduce the rest of the year God's grace in every area of our lives. Somebody say amen. amen. Now remember the scripture says that this is three different blessings and when you wrap these three blessings together, it won't be broken. The first one is to release on you the grace of God. What is the grace of God? Grace is unmerited, undeserved, unrepayable favor of God. How many like to have God bless you beyond anything you deserve? Amen? I don't want God to give me what I deserve. How many don't want God to give you what you deserve? Amen? I want him to give me. Listen, I'm saved by grace. I'm blessed by grace. I live by grace. Because of Jesus Christ... We can have, when we sow that first fruit offering, it will release on all of us the grace of God for this whole rest of the year. That's the first chord. The second chord is the favor of God. Now, I I taught this last week, but for those that are new, when Israel came out of Egypt, the Bible says that they found favor in the eyes of the Egyptians. Now, I want you to think about how insane that is. The Egyptians have just gone through the river turning into blood. All their cattle has been wiped out. All their fields have been wiped out. They're full of frogs. They're full of life. Can you imagine is, 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 is your neighbor, because of you, your neighbor's house burns down, your neighbor's dogs get the fleas, your neighbors get lice in their hair, and they come up to you and say, I want to thank you for that. That is wonderful. <laughs> That's impossible. But even after they've gone through all of this, because of the children of God, the Bible says they found favor in the eyes of the Egyptians, and the Egyptian says, on your journey, what is it I can do for you? And they said, how about you give us all your cattle that are still alive, all your silver, all your gold, and just take it. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. 
Say, how, how, Pastor Larry, how does, that, how does that pertain to us? That means your boss is going to, not your boss because I'm your boss. That means your boss is going to walk up to you and go, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to give you a raise. I'm going to give you a bonus. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you a promotion. Somebody say favor. No, no, you've got to understand, today as we bring our barley offering, God is going to release grace that we don't deserve and favor in the eyes of people. Relatives are going to put you in their will. You know what's been happening a lot around here? Oil and gas companies are coming up to people and saying, we need to have a meeting. I can't tell you how many people have said, man, the oil and the gas have come up. Why? Because the rabbi said, I'm gonna, when you understand this, I'm going to bless you in the ways that you understand. Okay I'm, I, okay, I believe God can bless me this way and this way and this way and this way. But then the prophecy is, but I will bless you in unusual ways. Well, one of the unusual ways is God is going to cause people that don't even know the Lord, people that may be strangers, people that may not be pro-Jesus. He's going to cause them to give to you out of their bosom into your lap. We are going to live, you are going to live this year under the favor of God with everybody. Somebody say amen. That doesn't mean that people are going to come up and say, you know what, I just really like you. I just like you. Now, I I pray that happens. But that's not what it means. It means people that don't even know you. People that don't even like you. They're going to be forced by the Spirit of God to give you favor. Amen. You know, I, I, this this just came to me when we were built when we were building the the church or buying a church in Portland. When we first went to Portland, we stepped up by faith to build to buy this church, and we were to the point that we had like thirty minutes. We had taken offerings. We done did everything. We had garage sales. We had auctions. We had everything buying this building. The church was brand new. Uh, uh, the, the church, the building was old, but the church was brand new. And we had like 30 minutes and we were, we were down by $20,000. And I mean, we, months of raising money and months of believing God and, and selling our cars and doing everything we could to get this thing going. And it was literally 4.30 in the afternoon and the bank closed at five. And if we didn't have that last $20,000, we lost it all. So we're all in the offices, you know, praying and binding and loosening and let go, hold on, lift up, get down, you know, everything we could think of. Come on, you've all done that. And all of a sudden we get a phone call at 4.30 and it's this lady and she says these words. I don't know why I'm calling you. I don't even like you. I don't like what you preach. But I'm moving to Seattle. She'd already crossed from Oregon into Vancouver, Washington. Already crossed the river. And she said, I can't leave until I bring you something. And I said, come on down. 
So we're standing in the parking lot. She's, she's literally 20 minutes away from where the church was in the Vancouver, Washington, had to come back into Portland. It's literally seven minutes to five when she pulls in. And she said, you know, I don't know why I'm doing this. And I'm thinking... I'm moving to Washington, to Seattle, but I have to give you this. And she gave me a check. Now, we had seven minutes. The bank was right down the corner. Seven minutes. And I opened it up from somebody who didn't even like that I taught the goodness of God. And it was a check. How much did we need? How much was the check? And I'm running. Thank you. Thank you. Literally, literally, somebody say favor. favor. Listen, I know, I know you try to, you're doing your best to figure out how God can bless you. Well, he can bless me here and he can bless me here and he can, and you need to pray on those things and you need to believe God on those things and you need to look at those things. But I'm telling you what the rabbi prophesied 2000 years ago concerning this. He said, number one, it'll come from the places you think. Number two, it will be a stream that will never stop. And number three, it's going to come from unusual sources. If you're ready, give him all the praise and give him all the glory. So the first chord, the first chord is grace. Say grace. Undeserved. Undeserved. Don't you let the devil tell you, well, you don't deserve it. When the devil says you don't deserve it, say, duh. And your point is, that's why it's called grace. That's why the guy who was a slave trader wrote, when he got saved, wrote that song, Amazing. If anybody deserved the judgment of God, he deserved it. But instead of judgment, he got mercy. Somebody shout grace. Grace. When the devil comes and tells you as you're praying, it always comes while you're praying or while you're meditating on the things of God. And the devil comes and said, you don't deserve it. You need to get ready for the greatest blessing and breakthrough you've ever had because if he's fighting you in that area, it's his last chance to hold back the blessing. First is grace. Number two is favor. Favor. I mean to tell you, I don't know why I'm doing this favor of God. But the third is the one that jumped on my spirit more than anything else. Remember, I told you last week that I, had, I was studying all this, and I kept going back to the Lord, and I said, Lord, you're trying to show me something. And when God showed this to me, it is the most important of everything. I thank God for his grace on my life. I thank God for his favor on our lives. Can I have an amen? Amen. But what about our children and our family? It's no good if we're getting blessed and our children are lost or our grandchildren are lost. And when I began to read the teachings of Passover from the sages of old, and they brought this out, I said, you know, that's the wonderful thing about the Bible. You can read it a thousand times. And every time you read it, he'll show you something new. He'll pull the veil back a little bit more and show you his miracle and his nature. God said to the children in Israel, 
He said, I want you to bring everybody into your home. I want you to bring your children. I want you to bring your workers. I want you to bring your friends and bring them in. They may not understand. They may not want to serve God. They may not want to know the Lord. But bring them into your home anyway and put the blood on the door of your home. And when I see the blood, I will pass over. Now listen, I read it last Sunday. It says in your Bible, I will not let the destroyer destroy you. But that word you is italicized, which means man put that in. He said, everybody that you bring in under the blood, you may have children in, in Florida. Lord, we put them under the blood. You may have family. There's family watching us right now by television, by stream. You may not be in Dallas, but we put you under the blood. And God said, well, whoever you got under that blood, I will not let the destroyer come in. So that means maybe you've got children, God forbid, or loved ones or family or friends that aren't serving the Lord yet. And your greatest fear, the devil keeps you up that the enemy's going to come in and kill them or wipe them out. But I'm telling you right now, God said, my people destroyed for what reason? We're shutting the door right now. We're bringing them all in under that blood. And the enemy will not destroy our families. Somebody give him praise. Why do we come before the Lord three times a year and we don't come empty-handed? To remind and release to remind us of the benefits of God and release in our lives the promises. You know, until I began to study this, I didn't know what these promises were. And we have not because what? We ask not. So today, as we bring in our barley offering, the offering that reproduces grace, it's going to cover your life. It's going to cover as it did in Israel. God brought them out of bondage, not because they deserved it, but by grace. God protected them. Everybody's business, everybody's crop, everybody's cattle, their livelihood was destroyed except those who were in Goshen, the children of God. Listen to me. Dallas is God's Goshen right now. And I know there are people watching from North Dakota and from Houston and, and from, from England and from India. And you may not physically be under this physical umbrella of Dallas, of God's Goshen. But because you're with us, we, God is covering you in England, in North Dakota, in Portland, Oregon, in Houston, Texas. Somebody shout amen. If we planted this barley physically, what would grow? If we plant this barley spiritually, grace will grow. Everything God does physical and spiritual. But I rebuke, listen to me right now, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. I rebuke, God, I rebuke the spirit of fear. God has not given you a spirit of what? But of and. And uh, what does that mean? What does that mean? Let me give it to you. Is the devil stronger than God? If God said, I'm going to protect your children, can the devil touch him? But see, unless we know, unless we know what we're learning right now, today when we bring our first fruits, listen, I'm covered, tis is covered, 
Anna's covered, Brandon's covered, Luke's covered, Jen's covered, Katie's covered, Katie's future husband is covered. Our grandsugars are covered. But you're in my family too. That's my physical family. You're my spiritual family. I'm covering you right now. And I'm covering you right now. The devil brings you fear that he'll kill your kids or put your kids in jail. I felt this in my spirit. Or your child's already in jail and will never get out. My God still opens prison doors. My God still opens prison doors. I said, my God still opens prison doors. The devil put fear in you about your children. What if they go into eternity without God? They are not going to go into eternity without God because we've got them under the blood. And we now know that God will make that devil pass over them. Somebody shout grace. Your babies are covered. Now, they're going to get saved. They're going to come in out of the streets. They're going to come in out of the whatever lifestyle. They're going to come in, and they're going to start being the children of God, serving God, enjoying the benefits of God. But they're covered until they come to their senses. And the moment they come to their senses, the father's going to come off the porch and run down and put a ring on their finger and a robe and a robe on their shoulders. Somebody shout amen. amen. I want you to give the Lord a great big clap offering. Just give him praise. 